0: This weird
1: aberration society. Welcome back to Mutual Aberration Society. I'm Ryan. In today's episode, I'm going to be talking about the film The Bedroom from 1992, uh, directed by Hisayasu Sato. Now, there's a lot to, to talk about when it comes to Hisiatu Sato. Um, for one, he's the most well-known of the four heavenly kings of pink are also known as the four devils of pink. Um, I've talked about pink or the pinku film uh, on different episodes. So uh, I'm not going to give you guys any sort of uh, primer on pink and what a pink film is other than to say these are uh japanese softcore films um and they contain a lot of elements beyond just sexual i mean obviously fetish um a lot of boundary pushing things are done um in this subgenre uh that make them interesting movies uh that to sort of the layperson, uh they might not seem as movies that are worthy of discussion, but when you actually watch um uh, a Sado film, one of the first things you notice that about them is that they are they look like real films. Um, if you were to watch like an American softcore film, uh you couldn't even compare them. Um, in terms of style, in terms of filmmaking, uh They're just, you know, uh, they're legitimate movies. And a lot of filmmakers who weren't sort of uh, born into, uh, like, I don't know, uh, are maybe born into a certain class or maybe even uh, went to certain schools and were sort of, you know, of elite status. Uh, that wanted to get into filmmaking in ja- in japan uh the film the pink film was a a way for them to do th- to do so um, now I'll go ahead and do what I usually do and I will read the synopsis uh for the bedroom and then we will talk a little bit more about the movie. so it goes a little something like this. An erotic drama set in an underground Tokyo club called The Bedroom, where the female clientele are drugged into a trance-like state and are subjected to different styles of bizarre, fetishistic sex by the male clientele. Okay, that seems like it's a sort of Japanese-to-English translation of a synopsis. And it's kind of clunky. I'll say this. It's about a woman who's in a loveless marriage, So she goes to an underground sex club where she takes a pill that puts her to sleep and men come in and do whatever they want to her while she's unconscious. If that sounds like a, a uh, bizarre concept or a, I don't know, a a concept that is, let me use the words problematic. (laughs) Uh, you wouldn't be wrong, I guess, necessarily, um, but there's so much more to it than that. Um, this is interesting. I watched a, a, I watched a short, like 10-minute documentary uh, where they interviewed uh, Sato, and one of the things that he said that I found um, particularly um, worth highlighting when talking about the bedroom. And when talking about his films in general is he, he says that when here's the quote, I'll just read it. When I finish a film, it's theme lingers on me. I've always been that way. Society continues. Likewise, each film of mine doesn't end in itself. So I feel like that's a perfect, you know, way to think and approach, uh, these Sato films, um, because they do linger with you. There is no, um, it, it's a, these, these movies explore, uh, not just concepts. These movies explore, you know, human condition. You know, these movies are very much critiquing the behaviors that they show to the viewer, to the audience. Um, These movies aren't afraid to to depict evil um, and evil acts. These movies aren't uh, afraid to depict perversion. Um, All of the things that get sort of relegated to the underground, um, which, I mean pink films are underground films so i guess it's appropriate i mean but i feel like given that we live in a time where um underground stuff is sort of things get labeled that now but like even even the stuff that tends to be to be uh considered underground at least in america um is very safe it's very uh It follows a certain code of ethics that I kind of feel is counterintuitive. Um, And when we talk about movies that deal in topics that are morally ambiguous or just morally reprehensible even, um, there's a tendency to completely disregard that work, um, which is something I'm always pushing back against. It's something that I'm always trying to say, no, 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 art doesn't work that way. Um, it doesn't work like that. And I'm not the only person um, banging that drum. There are others out there, fellow sort of travelers <laughs> in this sort of space, if you want to call it one, who are, are, are saying similar things. Uh, but the thing is, uh, our voices probably aren't the loudest. Um, in regards to the voices that are out there talking about this kind of stuff. Typically the ones that are the loudest are the people that are against these kinds of films, this kind of art, uh, these kinds of directors, uh, you name it. And I think it's a very, I hate to use the word important, um, as pretentious as that may seem and sound, but I do think there's some importance in sort of pushing back against kind of this new, for lack of a better word, uh, fascism when it comes to sort of art and what's acceptable. I guess it's kind of always been there. It's kind of always been what uh, defines what kind of work is labeled or deemed transgressive or pushing against, uh, the status quo or things that are very, uh, on the, on the edge for lack of a a better description. Um, yeah, like this is one of those movies where I feel like I could sit here and talk about what happens, you know, and, and I kind of, you know, I definitely do that uh, with a lot of these episodes, I definitely walk through what happens um, but I kind of feel like you know when it comes to the bedroom, right um it's not even about that it's not really a it's not really about that I mean, I've talked about films where where you know I, I, I always say, you know this film, you know its plot isn't you know really that big of a deal when it comes to uh, what the what it is or what it, what it does or what it, the experience better yet. Uh, the experience of, of, of watching, you know, a movie. Uh, I've, I've, I've talked about movies like that before on different episodes. Uh, I will say this, um, when it comes to the bedroom, we are introduced, uh, to the, the, the main character, um, who I mentioned, uh, Kyoko, who she is in, is, is in a loveless marriage. Um, and what we, we immediately find out is that she is not only like not happy with her husband, but she has a man who she sees um, that she basically cheats on her husband with. Um, and kind of when she's with this, this man, she has him sort of play the role of her husband Um Which is, you know, interesting. Um, and another interesting aspect outside of the fact that she goes to the sex club, which we immediately find out when she's, uh, in this club and she takes this pill and she falls asleep and, uh, we see a man, you know, um, rubbing her body, uh, with oil. She's completely nude, um, and it's a very, it's very, it's shot in a way that's artful, but also very sleazy, um, simultaneously, it's, it's, it's kind of beautiful too, like, I'm not even saying that, like, on some, like, weird pervy shit, like, it's, it's a very, like, I already mentioned this, but these are, these, these look like real films, because they are real films, they were shot on 16 millimeter, uh, these pink films were, um, and Sato is an, he's a tr- legitimate auteur. He's a legitimate filmmaker that is exploring, um, exploring topics that he himself not only has an interest in, but also doesn't have answers for. And, and I feel like, you know, there's certain artists who make art to find answers. Um, and I feel like Sato is definitely in that group. Like, he definitely looks for answers. Um, Now, he doesn't do it in the fashion that, you know, uh, most people, myself included, find to be uh, obnoxious, which is uh, that after-school special, you know, morality tale kind of uh, approach that's become oh-so-common now. Um, This idea that films are supposed to teach you something, um, that kind of... That kind of thing, which, again, no one likes that, you know. Um, and it's not that films can't have that effect on the viewer. People don't really buck up against that. Like, I feel like um, it's it's when it's insulting to the viewer's intelligence, which is what the majority of things that are made now do, um, because they treat their adult audiences like children, Um i mean which kind of explains why we have all of the the types of movies that we have you know whether whether it's barbie movies or superhero movies or you name it everything is made sort of for you know children like adult children but children nonetheless um uh the studios and the filmmakers uh have contempt for the audience, right, and so they make these movies with these overt heavy-handed messages that no one who has a working, you know, I don't want to be, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to go down the path of sort of like insulting the average moviegoer, Uh but fuck it, I'm going to, because <laughs> uh, this is my podcast, and um, I'm going to go ahead and do that. The average moviegoer uh, is ve- has a very childlike brain. Um, they want to turn off and not think at the at the movies. When they go to a movie, when they watch a movie, most of them look at the movie as something that they put on when they get home from their job or when they're trying to wind down. And it just basically washes over them and doesn't really make them doesn't challenge them, doesn't provoke anything. Um, And when you have that kind of audience, right, when you have that kind of audience and you're aware that you have that kind of audience, the tendency is to cater to that audience, right. To cater to the sort of the very uh, superficial kind of uh, viewer who lacks any kind of depth, you know what I'm saying? Like, um, so the, their ideas of, of, of what is deep, are things that are very you know after school special-esque it is like oh wow the point of this is racism is bad you know what i mean like yeah but like that's that's very one two three you know one plus one equals two abc kind of kind of shit like we know that like we know you know the, the basics of what's right and what's wrong the interesting things are the more complex things about racism and how it exists are the things that make interesting art. You know, the the interesting complexities when it comes to the dynamics between men and women uh, and sex and violence and uh, things that we do to each other, you know, the things that we do to, do to each other as human beings, like exploring those things, exploring the ugly... Uh, underbelly of society and what it says about us that that underbelly exists and the sort of the multiple sides of a human being like we people don't mind messages in work they don't mind it if it's done in a way where it's actually scratching at something you know these modern movies don't do that anymore these modern movies they already they already have a preset uh checklist of answers going into the movie that they have about the world and about what the movie is about what the movie's saying what's right and what's wrong and what you the viewer need to know is is wrong and what's right and and again audiences that aren't completely checked out which to be fair the majority of audiences are completely checked out Um, but the viewer or the audience member who isn't completely checked out that's just insulting you know and i do feel a lot of pushback you know nowadays you hear a lot of people say like i hate my art that is like uh it it shouldn't say nothing It, 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 it now art art always says something You know what I'm saying? Like art always says something. People talk about politics too. They get mad and be like the film was being political. Um, All art is political. I'm, I'm of that thinking. Um, When your art is void of politics, that in and of itself is a political statement. I'll also add that all art is propaganda. Um, You know, that's another thing that people probably don't like to admit, but, there's truth in it when you really look at it. It just depends on the type of propaganda that you like. I mean, Westerners, specifically Americans, um, there was a, a a concerted effort to brainwash us into thinking that political art is communist, dead and lifeless, and that American art is about feeling and it's vital. You know, um, that's why there was a a push. Uh, during the Cold War, by the literal CIA, to promote abstract art over art with any sort of messaging politically. Um, And there's a book called uh, Cold Warriors. In fact, let me grab it right now. Cold Warriors by Duncan White. It's uh, the writers who waged the literary cold war. And I promise I will get back to talking about the bedroom. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, I'll just flip it over a little bit and read a little bit of the back too. So during the cold war, literature could win the hearts and minds of those caught between the competing creeds of capitalism and communism. Novels, essays and poems could also lead to blacklisting exile, imprisonment or execution for their authors. If they offended those in power, boom, boom, So there's a whole, there's books about, that's just one of many books um, when it comes to sort of the history of why art exists in the way that it exists today. It can be traced directly back to our past, right? It can can be traced directly back to our past. Now I'm saying all of that to say um, that yes, art is about feeling. Um, It doesn't necessarily have to be... It doesn't have to be about anything. I'm contradicting myself right now. Yes, I'm contradicting myself. Uh, but I promise that I will try and make it make some kind of coherent sense. Uh, uh, it doesn't have to be about anything. Art doesn't have to be anything. Like, But just the simple fact that it was created by a human, a living, breathing, flesh and blood person, there will be things that are inherent to it that will say things about the person, their beliefs, the world that they exist in, and the society that shaped them intentionally and unintentionally. Those things cannot be divorced from art and they cannot be divorced from an artist. And that's what I mean by like an art. Art doesn't have to be about anything because those things are always going to be there what people take issue with right and i'm i'm what people take issue with is when they f- can feel it when they can feel that you're force feeding them some shit when they when they can they're insult again i've said this already but you know it's insulting to someone with a functioning brain when you try and more or less you know pat them on the head And be like, you know, listen, you know, like, you're, 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 listen, dummy, like, you know, like, this is the right, this is the right way you should think this is the right way you should, you know, and and in the past, you know, in the past, um, artists who, who had, you know, leanings that were more, uh, probably anti status quo, anti, let's just say capitalist, whatever, um, those artists, they weren't viewed as they weren't viewed as um, making propaganda are making things that the things that people complain about now about like art. Like there's are people who who who, who are probably more um, right leaning out there who complain about like political art. But when you listen to them, talk about things like, you know, those, listen to them, talk about the works of people like Dostoevsky, like, you know. They don't have those same issues. And it wasn't that Dostoevsky wasn't political, right? It, it You know, like, to say that artists like that weren't political is to just ignore the fact, like, that they were. Like, it's just a straight-up way to ignore it. Um, so I say, again, I, to say I say all that to say that, like, you don't have to make a movie... Or a write something um, with a specific worldview in mind on the you know front loading it um, because it's already going to be there. So that's not something you should necessarily pr- preoccupy yourself with doing. Um, and I feel like good artists don't do that. Like I feel like good artists have something to say, and sometimes they don't even know what they have to say. But they they, they they make the art and then by the time they're finished they've already said something. And that's the approach that people like because it's more you can tell. You know, an attentive viewer, an an a viewer whose antenna is not completely burnt out can tell, right? Or a reader can tell. They can pick up on it. They're like, Oh yeah, like and, and honestly, you know, no one wants to be preached to, you know, no one wants to be preached to. So if, if you have something to say, um, say it in a way that's, that's palatable, you know, say it in a way that's like, you know, like not from the standpoint of, Hey, listen, I have a more, like, I'm not trying to, because again, people don't want to be, people don't want to be, uh, lectured to like on their morality, you know, or lack of morality. Um, people just don't, people aren't going to be receptive to those types of Um, to those types of, let's, I mean, they won't be perceptive to that type of work, to that type of, to that type of lecture, to that type of, you know, thing. They're just, it's not, it's not what, what people want, and, and, and that's what they're getting right now. Um, that's what they're getting right now. But back to The Bedroom. (laughs) Uh, The Bedroom is a movie that's pretty highly sexual for sure um again it's a, it's a softcore film um but again i've it's one of those movies where and then one of the things that i've i haven't mentioned cuz this is a movie that's well known and it's it's been talked about you know in 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 certain you know film circles it gets talked about and one of the things that's controversial about this movie is that there is a an actor i mean, it's not this guy's not even really an actor he's just a famous person in Japan. Um a man who uh killed someone in France and ate them. Um and got away with it. Uh this guy was a real life cannibal. Um he killed and ate someone in France, then got basically sent back to Japan and uh because, you know, he was from a certain family and I believe they probably had money, uh he's just walking around free. Um and he's known um in Japan as this cannibal. Um and he's in this movie for fifteen seconds. He's one of the clientele that walks in and uh yeah, like in and fondles a woman, but you know, and then he's gone. But that's one of the more controversial uh things about this movie and one of the things that people always bring up when they talk about this movie. Um which I mean, wouldn't you bring that up? I'd bring that up, you know, I I mean uh Now, I mean, when it comes to the morality of the movie, um, I've already said before, like this Saito makes movies that aren't, you know, afraid to depict evil. Uh, He makes movies that aren't, you know, afraid to depict sexual assault, um, violence against women, um, sadism, uh, misogyny, um, you name it. All of the things that, you know, people complain about on social media that exist in movies, um, you'll find them in a, in, in, in a Sato film. But again, I know I probably said this before on many episodes, but, uh, depiction is not endorsement, you know, um, that's something that I'm going to continue to say, um, till maybe it gets, uh, oversaid and becomes a cliche. If it it does, then that's good. You know, that, that means that people are, people are saying it enough and maybe it'll get through to sort of, uh, the general public, you know, um, when it comes to talking about, you know, movies and art in general, because I do feel like movies like this, they were super, uh, they're under, you know, th- th- this movie it was it is controversial, would be considered, you know, a taboo, would be considered, you know, stuff that's uh, not, it, that's deemed probably inappropriate to even be uh, existing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, this is the type of shit that, like, for its time, it, it was that way and it, it hasn't changed at all. Um, now like this, and I feel like watching a movie like this now feels just as, just as like radical, um, if not more radical, ironically, than it would have felt when this movie, uh, was being watched in the early nineties. Um, I know there's a lot of people that like to, uh, get nostalgic over the nineties uh but and i get it um that was when you know specifically millennials who are of a certain age uh, i get it that's when you were a child that's when you were young you have you know that's how it works right like people have fond memories of when they were young and the world was uh open to them and it seemed you know that the sky was the limit and once you age and, and accumulate some live experience then then the bitter side sort of starts to come out. Right. Um, so I get, I get it. Like I get the nostalgia for the nineties and people, I've heard people articulate, well, it was better in the nineties and, and, you know, it was better for art. And I'm like, you know, I don't know. I feel like, you know, in the nineties, people were saying, you know, the seventies were better, right? I mean, people still say the seventies were better for art even now. Um, and I feel like, you know, flash forward in 10 years and people might be saying, hey, the early 2000s, I already hear that now. People say people just people talk about, you know, the early 2000s. Will people talk about the 2020s that way? It's hard to think that they will, but you never know because there's stuff being made right now outside the system that uh, is probably really pushing the boundaries and talking about things that are very uh, relevant to the lives of the people who are around living today um that just don't get talked about because they're not allowed to get talked about so they're talked about in small circles in niche groups on podcasts like MAS <laughs> you know um and yes i haven't talked about the bedroom that much i mean it is a it's it's a softcore movie and again i feel like to call it a softcore movie is 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 to correctly identify what it is But it's also so much more than that. You know, it uses that. It uses that label and that designation. As a way to get away with having something to say that you aren't going to see in just movies that are financed and made at, at, with actual big budgets and released through tradi- traditional means um it's it's one of the it's it's what a lot of these pink filmmakers and I've mentioned this before talking about other pink films and I and I've I'm pretty sure I've had I know I've had I've had guests talk about you know that like I've had you know a, a, a director who, who directed a pink film, you know, say, so, you know, the whole, the whole purpose of making a pink film was being able to say what, what, what you want to say that you wouldn't typically be allowed to say, uh, working in the context of, uh, a more mainstream movie with, 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 with an actual, you know, budget. And I mean, when I say an actual budget, I just mean a budget where everybody gets paid and, you know, you have actual crew and, shit like craft services which I probably doesn't really apply to Japanese productions that much they don't really have unions over there um but I digress whatever um but yeah this movie is just so interesting because there's there's definitely scenes of 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 the The lead character on this table being passed out and being groped and molested on this table by random different men. Um And the way that it's shot is definitely shot for the purposes of this is a sex film and we need to cater to that. And it needs to have a certain kind of, uh, it, has, it needs to have certain kinds of sex scenes in order to hit the quota um, for this to be a pink movie. Um, so it has those movies, but the way that they're shot are always super interesting, like, because it's voyeuristic, for sure. Um, but there's also interesting sort of, not only is it lit well and lit interestingly, but there's just interesting angles. Um, it, it It holds on moments that are like, almost like, you know, like, you, you get the sense watching some of these sex scenes where you're like, yeah, this is fetish, this is fetish shit for sure, but this is also uncomfortable and intentionally uncomfortable. Like, that's another thing that I need to say about Saito as a, as, a, as a filmmaker is like, like a lot of his movies are uncomfortable watches and he knows that they're uncomfortable watches and even, even if it's like sexual shit, so it's like almost like if you find this stuff, um, sexually arousing, um, it's, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, you might want to go to seek help. No, (laughs) no, I'm not going to hear him not here to kink shame or nothing like that. But they will say like, yeah, there are moments that are, that are very, um, there's there's also moments where it's beautiful too. There are, there are, there are moments before, you know, where you're like, oh, this is just a, a beautiful depiction of two people in, whose bodies are interlocked. Like, I mean, I mean that purely from an aesthetic art, like on screen, the way it's shot. I mean, before, you know, there are moments, there are moments where you can be like, Oh, if you just froze it right here, this could be a painting. Right. Of course. And then it gets into some real more sleazier, more like, you know, things that, that immediately make you feel uncomfortable and you don't think that way. But, you know, um, I only like to point that out and highlight that because, Um, for those who aren't familiar with these movies, um, and specifically familiar with Sato, um, he's probably, you know, the one, the one guy who, uh, in this genre, who pretty much people say, Oh, Oh, his, his movies are good. Like pretty consistently. I mean, he made like 60 movies, right. But like pretty consistently, you know, the, the sort of general sense is, Oh, Sato's movies are good. Uh, Sato's a legitimate filmmaker, despite he, he's making like, you know, softcore, you know, softcore porn movies. Um, he's a legitimately good filmmaker. And a lot of his films, you know, are very hard watches. I mean, for example, one of the more notable ones that, you know, is I think the most notable, the one that he's most known for is probably Splatter Naked Blood. And then maybe this one after it but Splatter Naked Blood is a mixture because it's, it's, it's a gory movie. Um, it's also, it's also a pink movie. So it definitely has, it definitely has the sex in it, but like, I challenge you to find that movie sexy. It's not, it's more gross and and disgusting. And, and, and because again, there's, there's a, there's a notorious scene where a woman sticks a fork in her eyeball and plucks out her eyeball. All and it's all done in no, there's no cut. Um, and it looks fairly realistic. Um, it's one of those effects that, like, when you look at it, you really think, like, "Oh, how did they? How exactly did they pull that off? Like, how did they really do that?" Um, but he's known for movies that sort of there's there's I haven't mentioned this. There is some violence, in um, a murder in the bedroom, um, and that's another that's another aspect that's in all of these Sato films is that a lot of them do have violence. and and murder and and shit in them. Uh, There's always some sort of murder subplot that gets thrown into these pink movies. Um, There's other movies like Celluloid Nightmares, which is I definitely thought about doing an episode on, and still might do an episode on Celluloid Nightmares, which sort of takes... uh, It's more like Sato's riff on uh, Peeping Tom. Um, It has a character that's literally killing women with a camera that has a retractable hunting knife on it um it's got all kinds of shit in it it's got incest in it um again all of these taboo topics you know uh uh, sato is not afraid uh to 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 go into the taboo i mean to be to be fair this whole genre is about taboo subjects i mean not just sex like but you know sex that is deemed uh well it's deemed to be degenerate sex like you know what i mean again things that are not acceptable um in regular society uh y- this is why people go to uh these underground subgenres um to find to find the stuff that like they're not going to find in a regular uh you know big chain movie theater or on streaming, right? Like they're not, you're not going to find this type of stuff because it's not, it's not acceptable. Right. Um, so, you know, the bedroom is definitely a movie where, you know, there's exploit women being exploited. But again, here's an an interesting, an an interesting wrinkle to sort of Kyoko. The main character is that Kyoko, um, at a certain point tells the, tells the viewers, that she stopped taking the pills and that she's pretending to be uh, unconscious why these different men um, molest her or do whatever. See, it's not some of them have sex with her maybe, but others don't. Because again, the thing is she just goes into the room, this club called the bedroom and she just lays on here. Women do this. She's not the only woman. And we do meet a couple other women who also uh, are women who take the pills and fall asleep in the bedroom. Um, and there's never, it's never explained if there's any sort of uh, financial incentive for them to do this or not. Uh, for Kyoko, it's a hundred percent, um, because she wants to, again, she stopped taking the pills. Um, and then at a certain point she decides to open her eyes and look, look at, at the, at the person who's, who's, Who's in the room with her. Which she never did before. So she's very much. um, Not a victim. um, In this scenario. Not to say that there aren't moments. Where she's in the movie. Where she might be victimized. Again I don't really want to. There's no way you can spoil this movie. There's no way. I can tell you. I can talk about this movie. From beginning to end. Uh, It's unspoilable. Because it is a movie. That is pretty much. uh, About a a feeling you know it's about what it is the movie is exposing you to um and and they're they're pink movies they're only like an hour i think i think this movie is like an hour a little over an hour not quite uh maybe it's an hour and five minutes or something like that uh these movies are are short like uh, but they pack a lot in 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 that small time and i actually appreciate that too i actually appreciate movies that that aren't that aren't afraid to to be short. I mean, this is just by by design, though. Pink films, because, you know, they used to play in these literal pink theaters in Japan. Um, they did double bills. So that's why they that's why all these movies were just around an hour is because the way it was was the customers would pay to see two movies back to back. And they wanted to defend in as many shows as possible for all these movies have these really truncated run times. So anytime I'm like watching a pink movie, I'm always like, well, I know this is going to be fast. You know, I know I know this isn't going to take a long time. And that's always appreciative. You know, Um, I enjoy my epic three hour movies from time to time. But, you know, in a in a time where like every time you actually pay to go to a movie theater to see anything new, every movie is like at least two hours and change. And most movies don't warrant it. It's always refreshing to see a movie that doesn't do that. And when it comes to these films, you just know going in like these aren't going to be long, you know, Um, so it's not long, you know, um, and this episode won't be long. Um, I really wanted to talk about Sato, um, and, and sort of put him on, uh, listeners radars. I mean, I'm pretty sure most people that listen to this podcast probably are familiar with him. have heard of him probably have watched more of his movies than I have at this point, you know, maybe possibly. Um, but it's definitely, he's definitely an obscure name. Um, but he's more known, like, you know, like you're going to find, this isn't the only podcast that talks about, you know, uh, Sato or any of, are his films and this film specifically. But I definitely wanted to highlight this one, um, because I do think it is a great movie. Um, it's a great movie. It's an ugly movie at times. It's a disturbing movie at times. Um, but it's still a great movie. You know, sometimes you just want to feel bad when you watch shit, um, right? Um, and this is a movie that it's not a hundred percent a feel bad movie, um, but I can't say it's a feel good movie. <laughs> uh, I do think it poses a lot of interesting questions about like how men and women communicate. I think communication is a motif or a theme that the bedroom is directly. Addressing. I don't even know if addressing is the right word. Um, Because as I went off on my rant about, you know, art, you know, art being a means of uh, art is not a lecture. That's, that's, that's what I'll, that's, I'll wrap this episode up and, and put, to put a button on what I was trying to say as I went off on my tangent uh, in the middle of this episode, which is art is not a lecture. And when art becomes a lecture, That's when it's bad. Not to say that art can't say something or art can't make a statement or be a statement. Art can be a statement. But if it's a lecture, it's bad. A statement is good. A lecture is bad. Art can be a statement. But if it's a lecture, no bueno and, uh, I just came up with that right now. (laughs) Uh, but I, am rolling with it. I do think, I do think that, that to me, that, that stands, or that rings true. That rings true. That art can be, always can be a statement. You know, what that statement is, you know, is depending upon the work, right? Like, but people don't mind art that that's the statement, you know? Um, but people aren't trying to go. If if you want a lecture, they'll go hear someone speak at a lecture. Um, a lecture is is meant to be informative. A lecture is meant to be uh, more academic in nature, right? That's 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 what it's for. Um, that's not what art is for, you know. And I have I did say you know all you know all art is propaganda. It is, but people people will say bad art is propaganda. Good art isn't. No no no. All art is propaganda. It's just that bad art you know it's propaganda and again maybe that does sound contradictory because again i went off on my rant about like how the west uh made a effort to promote abstract art over art with a message um during the cold war um but you know art that's even more abstract if you look historically there's art that's been that's from you know that was made during the Cold War era that came from like places like Russia. That was definitely abstract. Um, but don't think that abstract art doesn't have something to say. It's not trying to emote a feeling. And I'm not saying again, I'm not saying abstract art is bad at all. Abstract art is good. And sometimes, you know, um, it is just about that. It's about a feeling. Um I'm all over the place. Yes, I'm all over the place. I'm trying to, because I feel like you know, I think it's not. There's not a one size fits all answer for this shit, for sure. But I will say this: um, there is good art and good films, good good literature. You know, good, you name it, out there that is abstract and 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 kind of hard to to put a to, to put a label on. And then there is good art that is more straightforward in terms of what it's doing um, that does make a statement and have a viewpoint and a perspective behind it and some some kind of message behind it. That's also good. Um, And we got to sort of get away from the generalizations as I'm making generalizations. (laughs) We got to get away from the general generalizations that like the one way to do it is to be abstract and not be, And completely divorce ourselves from meaning because the more that you push for abstract, the more that you push away from meaning and the best abstract art is meaningful and has meaning. But if you push completely, totally away from that, then you're left with this sort of nothing burger kind of thing, which isn't good either. Like there's nothing worse than watching some abstract piece of art that leaves you feeling nothing. Because the whole point of it being abstract is so that it is about emotion. It is about a feeling. And if you're exposed to something that's abstract and leaves you feeling empty, unless that's the intended goal, because there is a level of emptiness that you feel from watching stuff like the bedroom, but that's intentional. The emptiness is like the emptiness in 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 human existence in the way that we live our lives and the relationships that we have with people in the transactional nature at times of some of our relationships you know that that is at the heart of a movie like the bedroom and 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 uh, at the heart of of the type of art that that can intentionally do something like like you feel empty but if it just leaves you feeling empty not because it's um by any you know that's, it's not it's not intentional by the work. If it, this is like look, this is supposed to be it's supposed to make you feel something, and then you don't feel anything, that kind of empty, that's not a good thing. Um, and I don't know if I made any sense through this whole episode, uh, but I will say this: if you haven't seen uh, the bedroom, seek it out. Um, it's a it's a it's a well made movie. Um, this might not be your your if this isn't your cup of tea. I get it. Not not you know like. Not all of this kind of uh, movie is a cup of tea, which is why it's an underground subgenre. It's it's it's, it's underground movie, and it's why uh, Sato is the filmmaker that he is, uh, for sure. But um, it's definitely MAS approved. It's definitely um, MAS material. <laughs> uh, and yeah... I'm going to keep it short, just like the bedroom.
0: Honey, make the wood burn slow, you know. We're having S-car go, you know. I'm not afraid to spark pole, you know. Touchable just went gold, you know. Those Percocets are going to wear off, you know. They only get along because they share ops, you know. We like stealing off on marks, you know I miss catching fades at Sims Park, you know Do I have to raise my voice for you to hear me? If I didn't extend my hand, could you feel me? Another innocent man just pled guilty You can believe it or not, who am I, Ripley? It's tremble carried the smoke name like a chimney Dolce and gold chains like Nipsey Voodoo pendant and rope chain, are you kidding me? Had me thinking like, was he faded off the Hennessy? I've got the back all my life Nickels act tough, but they be dropping dimes like Before Brody blasty he spark a wood and get his mind right Wish C3 could hit fire camp and get his time sliced Newborn, I really miss you, Brody, stay strong My pop's been in the hole, so he can't call Put You on the court, but you never played ball Heard my grimies at every dorm and really break draw Honey, make the wood burn slow, you know We're having S car go, you know I'm not afraid to spark pole, you know Touchable just went gold, you know Those Percocets are gonna wear off, you know They only get along because they share ops, you know We like stealing off on marks, you know I miss catching fades at Sims Park, you know When you think people solid, they fold I don't wanna hear any excuses. You told. We caught Cuddy with his pants down, he froze. Make a three, look at the stands now. D-Rose. Hey Crow, do you see that car coming? Remember when we would hit peck and get the park jumping? Spot suckers then bounce out and leave the car running. Before we started commercial licks, I would car pass. When crash hopped out, I did a 40-yard dash. A sunny day on second, damn near had a hot flash. Not chopper, but I just really need a compact. I don't want an extend though. Where's the stock at? It's just me and you, there's no room for backup. Heavy in the field? Make sure your boots are strapped up Fell behind, there's nothing to do but catch up Maybe change your mindset and get a new perspective, but Honey, make the wood burn slow, you know We're having S car go, you know I'm not afraid to spark pole, you know Touchable just went gold, you know Those Percocets are gonna wear off, you know They only get along because they share ups, you know We like stealing off on marks, you know I miss catching fades at Sims Park, you know Honey, make the wood burn slow, you know we're having this car gold, you know I'm not afraid to spark pole, you know. just went gold. Those Percocets are gonna wear off. They only get along because they share ops. you know. We like stealing off on marks. I miss catching failures at Sim's park, you know?